Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. America's fastest growing TV brand, TCL, brings you Mackie and Judd. Write that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Who's fired up to crown a write that down batting champion today? If it's me, I am. I got a bad feeling it's not me. Simmer down, Jimmy Butler. (laughs) Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, I know you guys talked a lot about Jimmy Butler. Judd was a kid in a candy store running down to tell me, have you seen the story on ESPN.com? Jimmy Butler is blowing up another locker room. 22 games in is my favorite part about the whole story, though. 22 games! Uh, You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, there may be some Jimmy Butler predictions in in write that down. Uh, but we're gonna do we're gonna do two things. We are gonna go through our final 2018 accountability session, and we actually uh, are able to crown a write that down champion today. In some years, because we we account for season predictions. So if you made an MVP prediction or something, which happened a couple years ago, where one of us made like an Aaron Rodgers MVP uh, MVP thing. It was me. That was you, yeah. And the batting race was so close. We had, we had a hanging Chad situation. We had to wait until the end of January for the NFL to crown an MVP for us to have that prediction come off the board to crown one. But we don't have any such predictions. I checked all throughout the logs today. We have a bunch of things off the board. A lot of drama. The batting title race. Can Manny get a hit before the season's over? Uh, Jonathan with his hot take predictions coming in. His home run predictions, yeah. Yes. So let's <laughs> let's go through. I'm not even going to tell you. Let's just say the batting t- the batting race has been close, but there's been a lot of predictions stacked up. So it's like the end of the baseball season. You know, if you get a hit, it might not even move your average sure. by the end of the year. So uh, let's start with the Manny drama. Because poor Manny joined the show like four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been swinging, he's been bunting, he's been he's been trying different approaches at the plate, and every time just coming up empty. Yeah, it's been bad. Let's off go of it. And even in the past couple weeks, <laughs> since we've all been on holiday break, he predicted Kirk Cousins earlier this year would throw for five thousand yards. Yeah. That came off the board. He said Pat Shermer would be a one and done coach for the Giants. I think we can. Yeah, he'll be back. Out. But. Do we got it? But a barrage, a multi-hit game at the Ooh. end of the season. Manny not only predicted the Steelers would miss the playoffs. Yeah. That's a triple, by the way, because the Steelers were looking like they were in pretty good shape there. Uh, he said Stefan Diggs would get to 100 catches. Yeah. And the Vikings wow. would beat the Lions by at least two touchdowns. Yeah. Manny Let's hear Hill. It from Manny Hill. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. All right. That stint in the minors must have helped you out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sent me, down, sent me down to Fort Myers and I just readjusted everything. <laughs> you uh, you got in great shape. You yeah. came back. You Lost, started hitting. Came back about 20 pounds lighter. All that good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Jonathan predicted three things last week. <laughs> Vikings would gain over 400 yards of total offense against the, uh, this is a couple weeks ago, against the Lions. They would also sack Matt Stafford seven times or more. Not even close. And I'll let you self-report this. You predicted all of the bowl games, and yeah. we gave you three strikes. And I was you're wrong out. on day one. <laughs> <laughs> I got a push, though, so I somehow managed to push. Uh, but really? Do you know what your overall record was? Oh, yes, right. I have no idea what my overall record was. I already know I was out on the first day, and I gave up. I'm gonna be honest. It wasn't ticket. good. Congratulations, kid. Nice work. <laughs> Uh, so Jonathan was 0 for 3 in the last yeah. session. Uh, the listeners had a bunch of season-long predictions. Let's just go through some of these listener predictions, which you can send in at Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. Mike S. early in the year predicted Anderson Dejo would be the first Viking ejected for violating the new crown of the helmet rule. Yep. I don't think the Vikings had anyone ejected they did for not. Huh. They did not have anyone. Uh, Tom F. said Anthony Barr would exceed his career high in quarterback pressures by at least 10. I don't think that happened. Oh, maybe someone can look that up. But I don't think that happened. <laughs> don't really care that much. Uh, Jake Weineke will have more receiving yards than Laquan Treadwell for the Vikings, said Brian. Little faith. Should have been right. Uh, Mark L. said Thielen and Diggs would both reach 1,500 yards. Neither did. Uh, Mike S. said Cousins would be top three in passing touchdowns, but top three in interceptions and sacks. None of that happened. Uh, Rusty said two of three Vikings quarterbacks jettisoned will have a higher quarterback rating than Cousins. Well, I mean, what was or QBR? What was I guess what was Teddy's one game QBR? It, doesn't, it, doesn't it wasn't good. It. Yeah, I don't think it was very good at all. He had a tough game. Uh, Roderick, our good friend Roderick, said the Viking uh, Cousins would have the highest quarterback rating in the NFC North this year. Yeah. He did, actually. Uh, the dude said the Vikings would not finish higher than 10-6. and six. And this is, this is one of my favorite predictions. Brian predicted earlier in the year, by the end of 2018, Andrew Wiggins will make an internet list of the five worst contracts. So I did a little Google search. Yep. December 18th, Vice Sports. Headline, five worst contracts in the NBA. Wow. Way that's to go. Amazing. Andrew Wiggins wow. is on the list. Well that's a, that, that could be a home run. That's a very nice prediction. I like it. That's pretty Wouldn't good. Wouldn't even think of that one. Uh, so that, that brings us to Judd and myself. And we had a lot of things come off the board as well. Uh, let's see. Let's just kind of go. We'll do a little back and forth to start here. I know Judd said Dalvin Cook would score two touchdowns against Detroit. And I came back and said, no, he's not going to score two touchdowns against Detroit. So I got you there. This is unbelievable. Judd predicted. Unbelievable. How do you feel right now about the the way their batting title race is shaping up? Before we count like our I got, predictions down. Like I got screwed. <laughs> like you got, you're the predictor. You know what? You're right. I'm Jimmy Butler. Nobody's doing this right but me. <laughs> so let's go through yours here. A lot of these are Viking season predictions. Okay. And if you're new to the segment, new to the show, we are the only, as far as we know, we're the only show in America that actually keeps track and holds each other accountable for our predictions. We have batting averages. We do a batting title race. Uh, You said Harrison Smith would have at least five sacks, setting a career high. You said John DeFilippo would be named a head coach after the season. I mean... I meant... I meant he'd be fired by the Vikings in season. <laughs> I'm sorry. You misinterpreted what I said that day. Uh, you did say Daniil Hunter would lead the Vikings in sacks this season. I did. A single there. Good for me. He led him by, by 10 sacks or nine and a half or something. 
Uh, you said at least four more coaches would be fired after the season, in addition to the two that were fired in season. Yeah. Uh, you said Anthony Barr would also have at least five sacks. Kirk Cousins would win the MVP award. That might have been a forced home run. That was a forced home run, but okay. darn it, it was wrong. And the Steelers would beat the uh, the Vikings would beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Neither team made the playoffs. Fire everybody. You said Josh Tomlin Rosen. Too. Josh Rosen will have more touchdown passes than any first round quarterback this year. Baker Mayfield. But you said Steve Wilkes would be fired after the season. And that Kirk Cousins would have a pass thrown to him this season. Did you know that he was, I, I don't remember this, but he actually caught a pass this year? Yes, now that Kirk you... Kirk Cousins caught a pass Now that you season. mention it, I do. We're going to give you a triple for that. Okay. Did he catch his own pass? Was it like a deflection? And I don't he, remember. He caught it or something? I think it might have been a deflection. Yes, I think yeah. he caught but his that own counts. pass. But he caught a pass. Yeah, that counts. And, and the it's Cousins was, to Cousins. The prediction was he will have he, essentially he'll be targeted with a pass, and it, but it doesn't targeted, say yeah. who, if he targeted himself. I think it's a great prediction. <laughs> I think it's one of my great write that down feats. Which brings us to the rest of my uh, cleanup here. The last couple weeks since we've last predicted, I said Wiggins will be benched to start a game sometime before January first. Notre Dame would win the championship. I even hedged and said Notre Dame will get beat by Alabama. It was Clemson. That oh, beat so him. you came back with a hedge. I okay. hedged and I lost That's right. my hedge. That's right. Yeah. I said Manny would go hitless this year and write that down. What kind of teammate are you? The Vikings will go four and one in the division the rest of the way after the Packers tie. Oh, that's right. You had a lot of bold Vikings predictions at one point, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I said Nathan Peterman would throw at least ten more interceptions before the end of the season after his multi-interception game. <laughs> Never got the chance. Aaron Rodgers will sit at least two games due to injury before the end of the year. Kirk Cousins will break the NFL single season passing record. When did I say that? Was that a forced home run? I think you were drunk that day. <laughs> That's okay. I think it was the same I day tell. I predicted that he would throw for five thousand yards. I think it was the same one. We were we were so drunk on Cousins Kool Aid. Um, the Vikings will beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I predicted at one point. The Vikings would have the best pass defense in the NFL next season, yards per attempt. And that Judd would bat at least 300 and write that down. <laughs> and with that, your you 2018 a- batting champion is Judd Zolgad. Thank Zolgad. you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Where's my silver slugger? <laughs> That's right. With a 260 batting average. I'm holding up a water bottle right now. That's my silver slugger award. 260 wins the batting. 260. The year of the pitcher all over again. Yeah, Carl Yastrzemski winning the batting championship was bad. Yes. Judd Zolgad. Thank you. Who also won the slugging title. No, I take that back. Our guests, our guest predictors won the slugging title. Oh, they slugged 604. Forget the guests. I'll take the slugging title too. Uh, final batting averages Judd 260. <laughs> I finished at 241. Uh, listeners at 244. So listeners came in hot there at the end with a 244 batting average. Guests at 220 and Manny with a 200 batting average with just getting those three hits at the end wow. of the year. So Where to go, the line, baby? Where to go, Above Mario Mendoza? Where right. to go? That's but right. you know what? You got a great glove. <laughs> We're not worried about your hitting. You you got such a good glove at third base. Striving for greatness defensively. Yeah. Uh, we will make our <laughs> predictions to start the 2019 write that down season when we come back. It's Mackie and Judd TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh. 
It's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Maggie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's uh, check traffic here before we resume. We'll write that down. 494 westbound. We got a crash in Edina uh, between Highway 100 and France. It's causing about a seven-minute delay. And also 94 eastbound, uh, we've got a crash between 280 and Marshall Avenue, causing about a three-minute delay. Gentlemen? Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Dan. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. How do you feel, batting champ? <laughs> 260. Slugger. 260. <laughs> it was the year of the pitcher, as I just said. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's uh... Come on. That's... Incredible. Well, we've had years, I think, where the batting champion is 360, 400. Absolutely, we have. Yeah. And obviously, if we if we wanted to, if we wanted to just be selfish, we could all predict singles every week and say, uh, the the Joe Maurer is going to stay retired this season or something. You know, I mean, you could, but then you'd get a lot of heat for that. Now, yeah, I have a well question. Deserved. I have a question. Have I been credited with my Urban Meyer hit yet? You to start this season, okay. yes, okay, yep. perfect. Okay, so it'll be um, that's a good point. So, we did the end of 2018 accountability Got session, right. and so just to make it official, yeah. Urban Meyer uh, will retire after the season. So, I'm batting a thousand right now, yes, <laughs> as we talk. Don't right blow this too second. much. I was gonna say, so this is a that's humbling gonna bite game. you right in the butt, Manny Hill. <laughs> yeah, write that down as a very humbling game. Okay, tell me about it. Even the, even the great predictors can be. Sent to their knees. So let's start with Judd. We'll go around the room. Manny, Jonathan, uh, myself. Three predictions each to start the 2019 season. Write it down. You like writing things down. In light of today's news that Jimmy Butler is now not happy with the uh, Sixers because he does not approve of the offense of his head coach, I am going to give you this one. Jimmy Butler will be with the New York Knicks next season. Damn you. I literally have the same prediction. Dysfunction. I mean, think about it. The Dolan, the Dolan's a complete just wild card. Butler is too. We're going to finally get a marriage of people who are constantly unhappy. Jimmy Butler to the Knicks. Oh, good luck, David Fisdale. Oh, he he might quit, man. And then perhaps take the Wolves job. Write this down. That 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 would would make that would make me happy. That'd be awesome, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back over to Manny here. Uh, I'm going to go for uh, kind of a single here, boys, uh, with Wild Card Weekend coming up. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks will go on the road into AT&T Stadium and beat the Dallas Cowboys Ooh, on Sunday. Okay. Write that down. Uh, that game, a cheap plug, uh, can be heard right here on 1500 ESPN. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Jonathan only swings for home runs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then you just settled one of mine for later on. Uh, for the first home run, Antonio Brown won't be a Pittsburgh Steeler next year. He will be a Green Bay Packer next year. Wow. How fun would that be? Aaron Rodgers throwing to Antonio Brown? That would be remarkable. Yes, that would be great fun. Mm. I love that. I feel like that would be a very anti-Packers thing to do to trade, because it's not like you're just going to be able to trade a fifth-round pick for him, I don't think. Right. Unless they're that desperate to get rid of him, but I guess we'll find out. Hey, Mike. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. I mean, would the Packers trade a, let's say, a first-round pick for Antonio Brown? Or first and second-round pick? I bet they would. I I bet they might. Would you? The QB would. (laughs) The QB would. He'll he'll come in and say, you're going to make this trade. If it took a first-round pick to put Aaron Rodgers next to one of the great receivers of all time, Mm -hmm. let's face it, he's not Jerry Rice, but he's one of the great receivers that we've seen. 
I would definitely do that. Uh, we're going to talk to Andy Greeter coming up about the Gopher basketball win last night. So I'm drinking some Kool-Aid. Um, I, I I picked last night to uh, take over the 1500 ESPN account. It would be kind of fun to live tweet this game. And it was an amazing game. And the Gophers hung on to win. The Gopher basketball team will ride this momentum. And they will win an NCAA tournament game this year. Write that down. The Gophers will win an NCAA tournament game this year. Write this down. Hmm. All right. My next one. Mike McCarthy. Where will he land? Will it be the Jets? Will it be elsewhere? No. Mike McCarthy will be named the next coach of the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Manny's on the record with that one as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Mike fine, McCarthy. Fine. I'll yeah. double up. Right. Mike yeah. McCarthy will take the Browns job. Right. Okay. Uh, that's a... Yeah, I... I when Manny predicted that, I think I counter-predicted, no, that will not happen. <laughs> but not, just trying to salvage points. But that feels like a pretty good fit. And the Browns job is no longer a job that you just give to like random coordinators with no experience. Because they got a quarterback, they have a roster, and they almost finished 500 this season. So it makes some sense. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Manny? The Chicago Bears are going to the NFC Championship game. Hmm. one of mine. They're going to uh, beat the Eagles on uh, uh, tomorrow night. I guess they're playing tomorrow night, right? And then they're going to go into Los Angeles and beat the Rams, and they're going to the NFC Championship. Game. I like that pick a lot, yep, actually. Same. Oh, man, if the Bears play the Saints in New Orleans, the Saints win. Do the yeah. Who, or let me phrase it this way: Which team has <laughs> the best done. chance to beat the Saints in New Orleans? I think it might be the Bears. Some people might say, "Well, Los Angeles because shootout, right?" No, I, I say don't know. I say the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. That Rams defense in in New Orleans. Now, I think I think if you take the Bears defense, put it against the Saints, they don't win. But they they, they have a chance to up. make life miserable for Drew Brees. The only other two teams I, I like could that. see maybe is like if this Nick Foles thing is really as crazy as it seems, maybe the Eagles could somehow. It's going to run it, but, out. It runs out. In but, Chicago, uh, see yeah. Nick Foles or Seattle with Russell Wilson, kind of the same sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. By Jonathan Harrison. The Browns, we already mentioned them earlier. The Browns will win the AFC North in 2019. Okay. Ooh. Steelers are a mess. Tomlin mm-hmm. finally probably leaves after next year if that's the case. Yep. I can see that. What's Tomlin's contract situation? Is it, he, is, it's Pittsburgh, a lifetime at this yeah, point. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's they never leave. That's a good point. Um, all right, I already made the Jimmy. God. Write this down. I've got literally have it written down as my second prediction. Jimmy Butler will sign with the Knicks. I doubled up on Manny. I want to add something to it. Jimmy Butler will sign with the Knicks. <laughs> Do they have two max contract slots? I think or is it just they, the Nets? I think they just have the one because they're gonna have to pay. They're gonna have to pay Porzingis too. Okay. This coming summer. Okay. Okay. Jimmy Butler will sign with the Knicks, and we will see credible reports of him. I need to quantify this, though. Causing locker room strife. Oh, being the man? <laughs> the Carl Anthony Towns prediction? Carl Anthony Towns will be the man? Can I say that there will be and there will be a Woj report at some point yep. in in Jimmy Butler's first year that he has uh, that he's not seeing eye-to-eye with the coach in some form? Okay? Absolutely. So he will sign with the Knicks, and he will have problems with the coach is what I'm going for. <laughs> Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Okay, back to Judd. My final one, old friend Brian Dozier is going to sign with the Washington Nationals. 
Just a little little hit there if I get it right. Brian Dozier will sign with the Washington Nationals to play second base for a season. Is this one of those things that's already been sort of reported? I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) How how many, if you Google Brian Dozier Nationals, how many reports are there right now? You'll find it. Come on, I'm trying to get a single. Start the year off right. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Okay, so I have a question on this next prediction. If I made a prediction earlier... Can I take the loss on that prediction yes. to make you a can new hedge? One? You yes, can you hedge. can hedge. Okay. Well, can give us. Well, yeah. So, give, throw it out there, and then we'll discuss. Call the, the prediction I made earlier this year. <laughs> I think it might have been in like November. Was that the Boston Celtics were going to go to the NBA Finals this year? You said win the championship. Actually, did I say win the championship? Okay. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> but you don't like you great don't, glove, man. You got a great glove. <laughs> don't worry about the hitting. But just to be clear, you don't have to take a loss on that. If that happens, just, it happens, and you okay. get the point. Okay, sounds good. So, yeah. write this down. You're being a fraud, but <laughs> welcome to the club. Write this down, gentlemen. The city of Toronto will have both its NHL team and NBA team. In their finals. Oh, okay. The Maple Leafs and the Raptors are going to the finals. Interesting. Okay. I see Write that down. See where you're going. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Back over to a mighty Casey. <laughs> I've got I've got three here, so I want to make I want I want you guys to decide which I'm going with. The Vikings one, the hockey one, or the two home runs in one inning one. Oh, two home runs in one yeah. inning. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Buckle swing. in, boys. So is, is, is it, was it Fernando right. Tatis that once hit two grand slams in one yep. inning? One inning, yep. Okay. All right, here we go. Josh McDaniels will agree to become the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers, only to spurn them to return to New England to be their next head coach after Bill Belichick leaves <laughs> to take the Cleveland Browns job. Oh, my God. Write it down. You like writing things down. Maddox. <laughs> Who's got a defibrillator? Oh, man. Oh, my God. I love this. This has never yeah. happened in this stadium before. Yeah. So wow. this this will all, in theory, transpire in the next thirty days, right? So yeah. yeah. So yeah. Josh McDaniels will ex- so he'll accept the job before the Patriots are done. Yep. And, and reports will come out because I think he has an interview next week or something. I think. Wow. <laughs> I have just speechless. Wow. I, hope I got nothing. <laughs> Here's the thing: I don't even know if that's two home runs in one inning. This this is actually a somewhat feasible thing that could happen. He's already spurned a team once. Bill's kind of on the outs in New England anyways. He seems to want out, and he's coached in Cleveland before. The only equivalent... There's an open position in Cleveland that looks really good. Only equivalent that I can think of for what you just did is a home run that hits target center. <laughs> a, a bullseye? Or this is like this is like Mark Witten hitting four home runs in the kingdom. Yeah. No, I it's like more. It. I think it's more <laughs> than that. I can't even follow that. Write it down. No. You like writing things down? I'll just get out of the way. My last prediction was going to be the Vikings are going to pick at least three offensive linemen Boo. in this year's draft. I'm sorry. I'm not. Write this down. <laughs> I'm uh, sticking to the plan. I'm not, not going to let Jonathan bait me into a home run derby here. <laughs> we have the football hour in about a half hour. Sage Rosenfels, Matthew Collar. When we come back, the Gophers... I think I saw it's the first time the Gophers have won in basketball and football in Madison in the same season since 1974. 73. 73. 73, yeah. You Holy saw that right. Cow. Uh, so Andy Greeter will join us. He was uh, he's, He covers the Gophers, and Andy was there last night, so we'll talk about... Becky and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. 
Davidson passes up the three. Now turns it over. McBrayer on the breakaway. Oh, a two-handed jam. Coffee will dribble it out, and the Golden Gophers win a big one on the road in Madison. Got a little dicey there late in the second half. I think the officials got a little caught up in the in the moment, and you predicted it. What that the at, at halftime? I said oh. they're going to win, and I think you and Corso both came back and said, "Hold up there, Judd." No, they. I don't. I mean, the, the Gophers went into a little bit of a shell there offensively for a while, but it felt mostly like I don't. The officials kind of took over the game. Uh, Andy Greeter covers the Gophers for the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com, and this this feels like the type of win. That's going to look really good at the end of the season if you're fighting on that bubble here. Because Wisconsin, I don't think Wisconsin just goes into a shell here. I think Wisconsin's a tournament team, and they were ranked going into last night. But uh, what are your feelings on the Gophers' big win last night? Yeah, absolutely. I think when you couple this win with their win against Nebraska, another ranked team, they've got two of their two of their wins in the Big Ten have been against ranked teams. So I think this now bodes well for them to get consideration for their own ranking. Uh, so I think, yeah, this could be a, a win that looks good uh, come March and come tournament time. That Brock Stahl shot is a weird shot. Effective, but weird. It's got no arc, right? So it's just this straight shot, but but he, he took the two back-to-back threes, m- made them both, and, and I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not pretty, but it was effective. Yeah, for sure, especially the first one because it was really deep, and it's almost got like a pump fake in the middle yeah. too. It's really awkward. But, yeah, it was one of those shots where you're like, no, 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 no. Okay, all right, went in, that works for them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, those were clutch. I mean, that was kind of the, uh, a moment in the game where Wisconsin just continually started to chip away. They went into Ethan Happ, and I think he scored seven or, or nine straight points at the beginning of the half, and they weren't doubling them as very much, and, and they just started slowly started to chip away at the Gophers' lead, and the Cole Center crowd got more and more and more into it, and he felt, okay, they were going to need to stem the tide in those Brock Stull shots. You know, kind of his first real big shots, his first real moments when he said, okay, this is why they brought him in yep. as a guy transferred from Milwaukee and it started to pay dividends. What did Jelly Jim not playing t- tell us? Because that, that surprised me a bit that he didn't get uh, off the bench at all. Or Jelly yeah, Fam. <laughs> Isaiah <laughs> Washington, Fam obviously. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought that he might have picked up an injury somewhere. There might have been something, you know, extracurricular that he – got himself into. Uh, so I asked Patino if there was anything more than a coach's decision, and you know, he was pretty short with me uh, for that question and just said no. Um, so he was effectively benched last night, which was surprising because we've been talking throughout the year about the glimmers of uh, and sparks that he shows throughout the year. He's got, you know, there were two games this year, granted against lesser foes when he had 11 assists and no turnovers, and then he turned around a couple games later and had 13 assists and one turnover. So he's shown the ability to, to distribute and, and be a, an effective point guard. Uh, but the Mount St. Mary's game, he kind of reverted back to his old bad habits of you know looking for his shot first and not playing as much defense. So it'd be nice to know more about that reason as to why he didn't play him. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's, uh, it doesn't bode well for the future there. You know, if, if it was me sitting on that bench in a rivalry game and I thought I was going to play and I got benched, I would be stewing so bad that, thoughts of transfer would be swirling in my head yeah i mean at this point yeah i'm not going to say that it would be no loss if he left but he has not lived up to the billing of the of apparently the best basketball player in new york coming out of high school it's it's kind of it's it's underwhelming what we've seen through two years and they just won a huge game without him yeah i mean it shows that you know maybe they don't need him as much you know i think 
there will come times when they do. I don't think this is going to be the the end of it uh, for him. But yeah, it was very surprising why he didn't play. And I'd love love more information. And yeah, like you said, he's been he's been underwhelming. And I think you know if you want to have an opportunity to to free up Amir Coffee as much as he can to attack with the with the prowess that he showed at, in the, at the end of that first half, especially last night. Yeah, you need an effective point guard, and, and without him, you can see that, that that still remains a question mark for them. Yeah, uh, Andy Greeter is with us here from the Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com, Mackie and Judd. Where do you think the Gophers stack up in the Big Ten? So Michigan is Michigan's one of the yeah. best teams in the country, and they're in a, a tier by themselves. And where, where do you think they stack up there once you get past Michigan? Yeah, I think that they ha- they can contend for a top four spot. I think Michigan State is also kind of in that mix. I think Purdue showed that you know they might have dropped some games earlier that were uncharacteristic of them. I think they're going to be kind of in the mix. I think the Gophers. I, I don't think we're kind of you know at. I think we're, we might be looking at them too highly right now, and they'll probably come back to earth here a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I do think that this is like we've talked about at times a, a tournament type team a team that's maybe in the four to six range. You know, it's interesting to see, you know, the Gophers were pegged to finish ninth in the Big Ten uh, by Big Ten media writers uh, preseason. And I look back at the last five years in the Patino era, and, and none, of the time, none of the teams that finished ninth in the Big Ten uh, made it to the tournament. Uh, but people are so high on the Big Ten this year that Joe Lenardi has ten teams going to the big, uh, the big dance from the Big Ten, which I think will probably come back down to earth as well. But, yeah, I do think this is a tournament team. I think they're kind of in that second tier, maybe the four to six range. As far as, as coffee goes, how do you or how, how does this team go about getting the effort that they got in the first half last night consistently? Because that is a game-changing player, and he certainly right. has that skill. And I don't, I don't want to insinuate the kid does not work hard, because I think he does. But how do you go about consistently right. getting what you got in that, that first half last night where he outscored the Badgers by himself 15-14, Andy? Yeah, I mean, and he did that in the last 10 minutes of the first half. So, yeah, it was an impressive showing, and he can just show how he can be such a dynamic game-breaker for them. I think when he you know, is assertive like he was, when he's attacking, when he's looking for his first, or you know, kind of keeping options open but being – on the front foot, I think that you can see where he can take this Gopher team. I think he had 32 points, a career high in the win against Nebraska, and he was the best player on the court uh, for most of the game last night. Um, you know, I asked Amir after the game yesterday about you know, what he was seeing to be so assertive, and he said that you know Wisconsin was lax on some of the ball screens, so he felt like he had an opportunity to attack. So that was something that he saw uh, from them, but you know it doesn't go to answer. The question as to why why don't we see that all the time, regardless of you know if they're switching on ball screens or they're hedging on ball screens or or what have you, that it's just always in that mode. So yeah, I think that you know they're going to need quality uh, play from a point guard, something that is dynamic off the ball to be able to or on ball to be able to provide a mirror to be off the ball and and create from there. And you know they're going to need more out of Jordan Murphy. I'm, I was shocked that they were able to pull that out, given the fact that he fouled out with nearly four minutes left and. Was pretty much a non-factor, at least scoring-wise. I know he had you know eleven or so rebounds, but yeah, I mean it's going to be, you know, I'd love to know that. I'd love to know if if Patino thinks that there is a there is another gear that we see in a mirror, or is that just when we see a breakthrough? Yeah, I'd love to see what he thinks about where Amir is on a barometer, and where he can find a way to get him closer to the red line more often. 
How is Patino doing from from what you can tell? It's, this is he's had a couple crazy bad seasons, but this this looks like it, it, I mean that that video that was posted from their locker room afterward yeah. with all the players <laughs> showering him with water bottles. I mean, it looks like things are are back on track. Yeah, <laughs> when I watched that video, I was like, Daniel Oturo, take it easy, man. Like, you're <laughs> five times the size of your coach. Like, let's not roughhouse that wild with him. You know, he looks, looks a little fragile ragdollish in that video. Um, you know, I asked Patino I asked that. I said, you know, the Govers haven't won here since 2009. This is the first time you've won in Madison. What does this mean to you? And, uh, you know, he said that he doesn't really look at himself in this in this picture and kind of looks deflected all of the attention onto the team. Um, I do think that there is a, a level of indication for him that, you know, when they're healthy, they can be this type of team. I think he looks at, at what happened last year as an anomaly given the injuries and the suspensions and his hands were tied and there was nothing he could do. The bottom fell out because of those reasons, not because of his coaching. So if he's able to see this team stay healthy, I think this is a vindication for him if he wants to admit it or not. Ethan Happ, watching this oh. poor kid try to shoot free oh throws, is it's it's... It's sad. Like I, yeah. I, I don't often feel empathy for athletes, but why those last two? I think he got on his tiptoes to try and shoot them, and you yeah. and and it is it is one thousand percent psychological. It is yeah. tough to watch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was missing. I think he was one for seven, and you know, kind of in the middle of that stretch, you know, he would after he'd miss the free throws, he'd bite on the front of his jersey. Yep, he's expressively showing how frustrated he was, and kind of you could just see that continue on and. And that was the gopher strategy. And Patino was very frontal about that. Like, hey, you know, when Murphy left, we were going to foul Hap because that was our best op- option to get the ball back. And maybe they'd get one. They often got zero. So, I, yeah, I mean, he's a 52% free throw shooter this season. And for how amazing he is in a preseason All-American, it's such a glaring black hole in his game that, you know, you're going to see more and more of this until he somehow finds a way to improve. But, yeah, it was just, okay, they're going to send him to the line. And he might make one, he might make two. <laughs> More likely going to miss them both, and the Gophers are going to be able to get the rebound because they're a good rebounding team. But yeah, it was just amazing to see that strategy play out throughout those last couple of minutes. Yeah. Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Take see care, Andy. All right. But, um, yeah, they... That was tough, though, to watch oh, that God. kid try to shoot. I love the strategy, though. Oh, I it's fantastic. I love the strategy. I'm with you. They went. It was twofold. It was let's prevent them from scoring. Uh-huh. Just put this crappy free throw shooter out there. But also, Wisconsin chipped away from fifteen down to twelve, down to eight, and all of a sudden, it's two. It was two, three, four, kind of back and forth, and the crowd's going crazy, and the refs are making calls against you, and you stopped all of that by well, putting Ethan Happ at the free throw line. That's a big time win. Yeah. Uh, also, looking at their upcoming schedule here, so this was a game that they probably weren't scheduled to win, and they did. And now they get home. so Maryland's good. Maryland's not great. They're good, and you get them at home, mm-hmm. and then you get Rutgers at home. Illinois is the worst team in the conference. Illinois and Rutgers are probably the two worst teams in the conference. So you get Rutgers at home, then at Illinois, home against Penn State, leading into the road game at Michigan. Yep. So that's four games that are all gettable. If you even if you go three and one, and you're fifteen and three well, going into that Michigan game, don't, that's don't forget last year's team was not bad. It fell apart. Yeah, like it. It wasn't like they, they started the year well. They started the the year well, but that that was if that team stayed intact, that was a pretty good team. Not a great team, but a, a good team. So it's not completely surprising that they come back now and play well because that team by the end was decimated. Last yeah, actually, year. last year's team started thirteen and three, 
and uh, and then they got off to a terrible start in conference because they lost players and yeah, Lynch total got suspended. Because I went to the Miami game, which I think was their first loss. Correct. Yeah, I was at that game. Too, yeah, yeah, and that was that game was fun, old was school terrific. barn fun and yeah. loud. And then all hell broke loose after that. Yeah, uh, gentlemen, uh, we have the football hour coming up, and Jonathan and I got into a, I don't know if it was a debate or what. Like he he's he swung for the fences off the air about something. Like, I was like, okay. And uh, I brought a list to counter. I have a, It's a pecking order when we come back. Mackie and Judd. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic here. It's brought to you by Duluth Trading Company, 94 westbound. We've got a crash in St. Paul between 12th Street and 35E's, causing a couple of extra minutes uh, to your commute. And also 94 eastbound, we've got a crash in St. Paul uh, between Pryor Avenue and Snelling Avenue. It's causing an 11-minute delay. An unpopular opinion, a spicy take. Someone on the Mackie and Judd Show is simply saying... Fight me. Fight. Fight. That's awesome. All right. New, new segment time here. And uh, this comes from a conversation like five hours ago in the hallway. Jonathan comes down and he's like, all right, I have a take. And then he put it out on Twitter. So the floor is yep. yours, Jonathan Harrison. All right, boys. The segment's called Fight Me. Mission Impossible Fallout, the movie that came out last year, Tom Cruise is by far the greatest action movie of all time. Hashtag fight me. Explain. So, hold on. I watched this movie on a flight to Phoenix last week. What a great way to fly a plane is watch this movie. Well, it was a a two-hour and 50-minute flight, so the movie was was almost two hours and 50 minutes, like basically took us from takeoff to landing. Perfect. And it was amazing. Yeah. An incredible movie. Mm-hmm. And I got done with it, not thinking of it in the context that Jonathan just said, but thinking this this is the best Mission Impossible movie. And that's a good run yeah. of 20 years of really good movies in Tom Six Cruise. Of them so far. Yeah. So I got done thinking, this is the best Mission Impossible movie. But you just took it a step. Yeah. You, are you, you guys seen this movie? I've not seen it. I haven't Fallout? seen it yet, no. Okay. Well, you will this weekend. I'm telling you guys <laughs> to go watch it this weekend because it's that good. The reason I think that the stunt sequences are off the charts amazing when Tom Cruise is doing a halo jump, which is a high altitude, low, uh, I forget the last syllable or whatever it was. It, he basically jumps from 25,000 feet and then opens his parachute really close to the ground in order to get into a location without being seen. It's it's basically a one shot of this whole of his whole jump. And it's it's intense because they're going through a, they're going through a thunderstorm. His his other character in the movie or the other character in the movie gets struck by lightning. He has to save him. It's that is an awesome sequence there. There's a helicopter chase and later in the movie that's just like you'll hold your breath throughout the entire thing. You'll realize you'll fully realize you're watching a movie, but you'll still be like, oh, crap. Is he going to make it? Is he actually going to make it? And every part of this movie is intense from the word go. It's amazing. That's a bold claim, though, that yeah. it's the best action movie of all time. I was going to say, that's, a, that's going out on a ledge yeah. right there. So, I brought you segment within a segment. Mm-hmm. You say, fight me. I'm going to fight you. Okay. Because I have a pecking order of the ten best action movies of all time here. Okay? Fight. 
Um, Judd's not. I feel like Judd's not as much of an action movie guy. Like you're not. I you're a sports like, movie guy. I like some of them, but I have not seen a lot. So okay. go ahead. So uh, I have three rules, only one movie from each franchise, so mm-hmm. it prevents me from putting eight Rocky movies on the list. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right. That's a good rule for you to have. Nope. How'd you pick just one James Bond movie? It was actually pretty easy. Okay. I'm Still haven't seen lie. one. Still never seen Bond. That's a travesty. <laughs> you haven't, you've not seen one Bond movie? You don't know about this? No, I've never seen a Bond movie. No, Judd, there's like 30 of, of them. Such you haven't seen one? I've been one? ripped by everybody. I've never seen one. I think he's pretty proud There's of this like fact. There's like 30 Bond movies. It's embarrassing. You know, <laughs> it's not as embarrassing as Derek Wetmore, who covers the twins for a living, has never seen the movie Major League before. I, 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 yeah, that's... so. All right, let's hear uh, it. So no comic book movies. I'm As a rule, I'm saying no comic book movies. All right. So like people go, well, why not Batman? I'm just putting comic book movies off to the side. Okay. And, uh, Take a uh, yeah, and those are my only two rules. All right. Number 10, Mission Impossible Fallout. I think it's the t- I think it's one of the Whoa. ten best action movies of all time. You come out throwing haymakers! Wow! And that's fight. Like if, but if I would have come out first and said fight me, it's one of the ten best action movies of all time. People would have been like, "Whoa, that's spicy." Jonathan said, "No, it's the number one, and okay. there's a gap." <laughs> wow! And there's a gap. <laughs> all right, he said. Uh, but it's I, plot twists and turns and <laughs> characters from past that they bring to the yeah. present and storylines. It's it's really really good. Number nine, number ten, Con Air. With Nicholas Cage, I have seen. Okay. I have seen this one. Right. Yeah, loaded cast. Steve Buscemi is in this movie. Yeah. John Cusack. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the cast is ridiculous. Yeah, put the bonnet down. <laughs> it's a good movie. You get some classic Nick Cage in there. Um, number eight, Air Force One. A ni- the nineties had a great run of like Con Air. Oh, did. Is that Harrison uh, Ford? Harrison, in there? For- Harrison yeah. Ford, yeah. I br- Get off my yeah. plane. <laughs> yes. Get as off he, my plane. As he tells Gary Oldman before throwing him out of the plane. <laughs> is that the only mo- movie in which Seagal dies? Is that the one? No, Seagal that's Executive is- Decision. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Spoiler that's with- alert, Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's too bad. Have you haven't seen that's Executive Kurt Decision? Russell and Halle Berry. <laughs> thank and, you, and, Manny. Yeah, yeah. Seagal. Uh, Actually, there's a couple. Like you could do a list of Steven Seagal. What's the one? A huge fan. Where he goes into a coma for like a, ten years or something. Hard to kill. Yeah, hard to kill is fantastic. There's like, <laughs> that's for my wife. <laughs> Takes the pull cue and sticks the it through the guy's throat. Like, that's Seagal, for my wife. Seagal had a run in like the late '80s, early '90s, where he was basically playing the same character. Of course, he is. it was like. With Mark super tight, death. bulgy yeah. jeans. Yeah, Mark for death, how, hard how to kill. How does it feel knowing you're about to die? I'll, I'll take you to the bank, <laughs> Senator. The, the only thing worse than death itself is the wait for yeah. it. Under Siege was like his <laughs> These most... These movies were built around those one-liners that people oh, thought absolutely. of. Like, okay, we got to make a movie around Under Siege this. was like his most distinctive role because it was so different from all the other roles he's played in other movies. I didn't yeah, like it. Oh, God. Uh, there's a, speaking of corny action movie lines, have you guys ever seen The Rock? Yes. yes. With Sean Connery. Nicholas and Nicolas Cage. Cage, too. Yeah. Ed, Ed Harris. Ed Harris was the villain. And at one point, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who, at one point, someone yells, Somebody get me the president. Like, <laughs> as if you just get me the president. Okay. Uh, number seven, best action movies of all time. Number seven, Die Hard, which also is a Christmas movie. Yes, but that's a debate. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. I watched it on Christmas night. For, for the first time, or? no, but for for the first time in like fifteen to twenty years, okay, long time. What did you What did you think on the rewatch? Enjoyed it immensely. Still, not a Christmas film to me. Right, well, what yeah. day did you fine. watch it again? But that's fine. Yeah, I know because because A and E or or AMC showed it all day, day long. Yeah. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and don't bother trying to fight me because you're wrong if you say it's not. <laughs> I don't think it is, but keep going. All right, number six, Bloodsport. Oh yes. <laughs> 
Don't With Jean, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, no, it's I've always seen. on WGN. Oh, okay. and, yeah. and, and Like WGN ran it every week, basically, for 20 years. Fantastic movie. Yeah, where it's, it, you've got all the storylines. You've got, you've got fighting in action, but then you've got trying to avenge, uh, you know, a friend getting, was it killed or was it, no, it wasn't killed. He just got roughed up. Yeah, roughed bad. up. Yeah, yeah, put in a hospital. Number five. I didn't think of this as a as an action movie right away, but it, it, as I was making my list, it popped into my head. Gladiator. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. really good movie. Never seen it. It doesn't. You don't think action movie right away. You th- I don't know. You, but it's but it definitely is an action movie, mm-hmm. right? You've One never seen Gladiator. Picture. Never seen Gladiator. One it's best so picture good. at the Oscars. Russell Crowe. Yeah. yeah. Outstanding. Joaquin movie. Phoenix. Yeah. Um, number four, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I would put three Indiana Jones movies on here if I could, but we're limiting one per All franchise, right. so. Uh, so Harrison Ford makes his second appearance on the list. Any 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 Harrison Ford slash uh, Indiana Jones fans in the room? Yeah, not me. Not at all. Have never you ever seen one. Seen, what? Never no, seen one. Never wow, seen one. Judd. I love when Judd's hey, like never seen a little one. bit quiet and silent. no. I just I've never seen it. I have nothing to add. I have never seen one. How? I've seen the previews for him. Never seen a Bond or an Indiana Jones. Movie. I have not. Why? Zero. Why? Why? I don't know. Because I never went and saw one. Judd, they're on TV all the time. How have you not like accidentally stumbled on? I'm waiting for Phil to get to my my favorite action film of all time. He's not there okay. yet. I'm sure okay. he'll get there. Number three, another Harrison Ford movie. They they switched the samples. The Fugitive. Oh yeah. Oh that's great. I didn't around. kill my wife. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> they, they switched the samples. Uh, and number two, Casino Royale. The best Daniel Craig James mm-hmm. Bond movie, and oh, arguably yeah. I've got it as the best James Bond movie. Yeah, and uh, number one Rocky Four. Rocky Four is the single best action movie, and maybe one of the greatest cinematic perfections of all time. Rocky Four, Casino Royale, The Fugitive, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Gladiator, Bloodsport, Die Hard, Air Force One, Get Off My Plane, Con Air. And the new Mission Impossible movie, Fallout. And what the listeners aren't seeing right now is Judd is arms in the air, perplexed as to why you didn't say his favorite movie, apparently. Favorite action film of all time? I am an FBI agent. Oh, yeah. Johnny Utah? <laughs> Point oh, Break? God. Where's Point Break on this list? You Keanu know, at his best ever. It's it, When I had to trim from 11 to John 10, Wick. it'd make the cut. See you in hell, Johnny. <laughs> The only gripe I have with Phil's list is that True Lies is not on the list. True Lies True could Lies easily is, be in there. True Lies is my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie of all time. True Lies is in that mix with Air Force One, Con Air. It's in yeah. that mid-90s range. Roadhouse? So Roadhouse didn't make your list? I've actually never seen Roadhouse. Roadhouse is pretty okay, good. Okay, now we're all even. All Road- even? You've never Roadhouse. Roadhouse. No, no. Yes, Roadhouse <laughs> is one of the great films. Judd, you've got two franchises on your list. You're There's just talking like, oh, one movie. Take your franchises. You're not even close. No. Dalton? There Roadhouse? Are, there are 30 combined Bond and Indiana Jones <laughs> movies that you've never seen. Oh. How is that possible? Dalton kicking some ass at Roadhouse? Judd is just like uh. Roadhouse. <laughs> exactly. As Peter Griffin said, Roadhouse. Oh, Roadhouse. Fight me. Uh, the Football Hour, Matthew Collar. When we come back, and Sage Rosenfels as well. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN.